0: Hello, and welcome to the Artificial Intelligence in Drug Discovery podcast. My name is Simon Smith, and I'm your host. On this episode, I speak with Nick Lynch of the Pistoia Alliance. The Pistoia Alliance is a global nonprofit community of life science stakeholders that works to lower barriers to R&D innovation. For example, it works on developing standards and compiling common interest datasets. A new area of strategic focus is AI, which Nick oversees. On this episode, you'll learn challenges with AI that the Pistoia Alliance aims to address, why education and data are key to doing so, and how you can get involved. This episode is brought to you by BenchSci. BenchSci uses artificial intelligence to reduce the time, uncertainty, and cost of biomedical research. Use it to find research antibodies up to 24 times faster than using PubMed or Google Scholar. Just enter a protein of interest and filter by technique, organism, tissue, or 13 other options. BenchSci returns only relevant published figures and products. Researchers in fourteen of the top twenty pharmaceutical companies and more than thirteen hundred academic institutions now rely on BenchSide to find antibodies. It's free for researchers in academic and nonprofit institutions. You can sign up at benchside.com. If you work in industry, just use the contact form on benchside.com to reach out for a demo. And now, on to the interview. Hi Nick, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Simon. Thank, thanks for the, the chance
1: to talk today.
0: My pleasure. We've had a chance to talk off uh, off, when not being recorded uh, quite a bit, and, and I thought some of these discussions would be good for other people to hear. So why don't we get started by introducing the Pistoia Alliance to anybody who doesn't know what it is and what you do. Could you describe the Pistoia Alliance for listeners?
1: Sure. Uh, the Pistoia Alliance is a not-for-profit global alliance that has brought together a range of the stakeholders within life science and healthcare to look at the pre competitive issues that our industry faces so we have really a broad cross cross section uh, of members and we're looking to address the innovation challenges and lower the barriers to innovation by doing more or encouraging more pre competitive activities which hopefully should support the broader industry success.
0: Could you give me uh, an, a, an example? I think that uh, just to make it a little bit more concrete, what are some of the uh, pre-competitive activities or the particular areas that the organization focuses on?
1: Yeah, sure. I'm, I'm sure we'll perhaps touch on some of these in the talk later on as well. So I, I think things that, are, that really we focus on is around the data, the informatics, uh, some of the processes that, that, in, that are involved in, in, in life science. So if we take data as an example, and, and maybe this will even crop up later, the, the, the issues around data are about standards. And, and that's a classic example where collaboration and pre-competitive groups can have real success. And, and in the past, we've been able to introduce a standard around biomolecular molecular representation Uh, which has been a success and has been used uh, and is available for use within sort of, for instance, within FDA submissions. So I think when industry comes together, the the complete industry, the whole industry, we're able to tackle those challenges that no one company can probably really address on their own. And I think this is also particularly relevant to AI as well.
0: Mm -hmm. Certainly. So, what what motivated the organization's creation? Was there some kind of issue or or incident that caused people to realize that wow, we really need to to bring a group together to to address this?
1: I mean, I think that, that the organization's been running for just under ten years now, and it came about, I think, just as perhaps we all do. We you you meet colleagues and friends at conferences, and you you get talking. And then you realize that actually a lot of the projects, particularly with the informatics and data, are very similar. And then I think, a, you know, a, a, a sort of a, a light bulb moment came on with a, with a few people that were meeting. And that started to think, well, perhaps rather than just having, you know, meeting very informally, let's see if we can be a bit more organized. We can try and put our common or at least our issues on the table to see which of them are common between us to then start what then became the Pistoia Alliance. And I think that that sort of understanding that by coming together, we can often solve challenges that many of us have, but, but we can do it in hopefully a, a better way and, and hopefully in a more efficient way than, than slogging away on our own and finding out we've probably spent the same amount of money uh, you, you know we've quite sorry, we spent all spent the same amount of money mm-hmm. between all the different pharma when in when perhaps in, in in retrospect we we could have sort of spent much less money and had a much better
0: outcome mm-hmm. You mentioned that some people came together and and you've mentioned pharma, but I know the organization's membership goes beyond pharma as well. Can you give listeners a sense of who some of the members are or at least the kind of buckets of members that you have? <laughs>
1: Oh sure, and I, I should have probably mentioned before that when when I, I was part of that original sort of some of those original meetings, and it did it sort of I was at AstraZeneca then, and so we were you know working closely with companies like GSK, uh, Novartis, and and, and Pfizer. But as you say, we, we, we very much deliberately meant that the group should cover the broad industry. So we have some of those large pharma and, and more of those than we had right at the beginning. We have mid-sized biotech, we have informatics providers covering those such as Elsevier, the, the, sort of the data and the data science constituents. We, we have larger companies representing the sort of consulting community like Accenture. And we have a slew of all the very, you know, some of the more popular uh, informatics groups like, you know, Biovia, Perkinelma, Dogmatics, etc. As well as a long tail of, you know, smaller emerging companies, which really rep- represent the, you know, some of the, 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 the sort of, you know, innovative groups within our industry.
0: Mm-hmm. So wide ranging, very well represented across the board. <laughs> And so today we're going to talk about AI, but before we get into that specifically, what are some of the other activities that Pistoia undertakes? You you mentioned before we started recording that that you uh you have about 10 projects in total um that uh, that you're you know, because you oversee some of the management um and looking at the value of each of those. So what are some of the the broad range of activities that Pistoia undertake?
1: So, I mean, just to give a a couple of examples, as I say, because we we do have about 10 projects running now, Uh, we've been looking at, as I said, the biomolecular standard was a classic example. Uh, It it came from originally from work within Pfizer. Uh, and, And I think that the common theme here is that Pfizer developed something on their own. They felt that maybe they couldn't keep developing it on their own, but wanted to broaden it out and were generous enough to basically bring it to Pistoia we've we've made it now an open project and it's now got wide adoption both within the in a way the user community as well as the informatics and 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 tool community and and so that's really a classic example where something comes from within a company and is then uh, made open and then grows and expands to suit the needs of the whole industry and another example of what we're looking at is around the chemical safety uh, library, which where we've been looking at the incidents around uh, when unfortunate events happen in, in a chemistry lab in particular, where maybe a, a, an unplanned, or something unplanned happens, and, and we're looking to record those events, and we're building out a database of basically safety incidents that we're looking to both both initially collect but also build tools on top of it to help potentially predict and, and, and give alerting to, to people to avoid the same incident again. Hmm. So we, we we cover sort of in a way that's probably two of our projects at, at its broadest extreme, but the common theme really is, as I said earlier, that we're looking to find where there's enough density of interest a, amongst our community. Ontologies is another area that we've actually had quite a, a generation of projects. We're on our third project around ontology mapping, which is again almost at the heart of, of, of data science these days. So we're trying to help our community and, and and even beyond our community, you know, the projects that we run, the outputs go into the public domain, accessible to to people beyond our original membership. So the intention, you know, always the intention is to make it open and to hopefully build it Beyond Bastoya, to be you know much more than just a Bastoya project, but to be a community project, if that makes sense.
0: Mm-hmm, definitely, and I think that especially now, when you, having that set of data, like a data set for chemistry safety, like you talked about, uh, can be so useful for for training models or or and ultimately being able to do predictions that whenever you can bring people together to create these larger data sets, everybody's going to benefit from it. You can still add on your own data, augment that data set with your own data potentially if you wanted to, but having that, you know, since data is so important to, uh, to machine learning, having that data set is, is hugely valuable to everybody. So that was one of the reasons motivating your focus on AI, but what, what were some of the big drivers of, of now turning your attention to make the, the AI one of your strategic focuses?
1: I mean, I think obviously, you know, everyone who's perhaps been in the industry realises that the the hype that perhaps AI and ML has had, but I suppose to be fair, you know, for those of us who, you know, with a background in in sort of data science can see that it's been around, you know, for 20, 30 years. I think our focus was this sort of the, the cusp of, you know, all the things which have come together to make AI, you know, have that potential, but we wanted to be in at the beginning And to help shape it with some of the themes that we've just mentioned earlier around that as an industry, we know whenever perhaps a a combination of new technology, new demands, they bring challenges that, again, perhaps one player in the industry, whether that be a consumer of AI or someone who's creating AI tools, can't necessarily tackle or, or solve on their own. And so we wanted to hopefully bring the the experience of of the Pistoia Alliance and other groups to to play on that. And and, and that's why we we started this as a strategic theme, you know, about a year or so ago. And we have a couple of others that perhaps you'd also recognize, one around real world data and another one about lab of the future. And we're trying to sort of, you know, do a top down in terms of shaping an idea to then hopefully build out the projects, that, which is really at the heart of Pistoya's, uh delivery mechanism that, that we just discussed.
0: Mm-hmm. So when, when we're talking about AI, then specifically, you mentioned it's about uh, a year old, what are some of the projects or initiatives that you already have underway? And, and what are some of the, the, the initiatives that you're planning?
1: I mean, I think our, our approach to AI is is quite broad at the moment. And I think this perhaps represents, you know, the, the, the spectrum of, uh, of how the industry sees AI in that we have some very early, you know, there are some very early adopters. There's some obviously very early startup or, or there are startups actively using AI as well as people that have been using variants of statistics and machine learning for, for a very long time. I think the, the way that we've tried to break down AI is more about looking at the broader aspects of it first to then allow us to focus later on on projects. So we've actually got, uh, we, we've decided to, to create a center of excellence around AI with the intention of covering two core themes, one around educate and another around develop which will be where we think the projects will start. And I can, you know, go, go on to explain that in a minute if you like. Sure. Uh, I mean, on the theme of educate for, for starters, I think this is a, perhaps a key theme of AI, given, as I said, this, this spectrum of change that, or, or the spectrum of, of adoption that we see from those that perhaps think that AI is, you know, the, the magic and, and, and the silver bullet that will solve everything. To those that perhaps have a more weary scepticism about, you know, new technology uh, within our industry, but I think what we wanted to do is is bring together people that have different stories to tell uh, around AI, both around the the training aspect to, uh, and awareness. So making sure that people know, you know, some of the differences between, you know, all the broad church that is AI. Uh, bringing that out uh, as, a, as an education and an inform aspect with, with webinars, with other events. And then that will help us help us lead into doing more focused educating in maybe delving down deeper into the different aspects of AI, whether that be focused on the you know the typical drug discovery workflow, or it could be delving into different tool sets that work well with uh, you know the, the type of data that we see. In uh, in life science, and I think imaging is a theme that I think we'll, 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 um, I'll, I can bring out in a minute as well on that mm-hmm. uh, And then as you, you asked me about the you know, what projects we were planning we, We've certainly got in the developed thread and, and as we run our events and we interact with our membership and, and the broader uh, Industry we're seeing a few threads. I think that we can see where projects can hopefully will be really helpful I think some of the imaging themes definitely uh, we, we, we can see some projects emerging there, uh, and we're just talking to a few groups around that. And then equally about, uh, er, you know, earlier on around some of the best practice around using AI, we, we continue to see interest there. Uh, so I think we're going to be looking at a number of, you know, that's why in a way we, we see the strategic theme as an overarching uh, program, and then underneath that, we'll, we'll have a number of projects which will will hopefully deliver value.
0: Hmm. I want to talk in a minute about how these initiatives are helping to overcome barriers and what some of the barriers are to using AI and drug discovery. But before I go there, you've obviously by now been able to Uh, I know you guys conducted some research that you published. You must speak to people in a number of uh, pharmaceutical companies about AI and drug discovery. What's your perspective on AI and drug discovery currently? In particular, do you feel like there's too much hype, that people are too excited about what the possibilities are, or maybe too little hype and people don't realize uh, what the impact is going to be in the long term? Where do you fall in that spectrum? Just just
1: a quick checkpoint. When when you when you say draw drug discovery, do you mean the full end to end process, or more the earlier part?
0: Sure, I should clarify. I think when I use the term, I'm talking about everything from you know target identification all the way through to even publishing a paper. Because I know that there are some tools that help transform data from uh, from lab experiments and trials into papers, at least for a first draft. So I would personally say, you know, everything along the path through all phases of discovery
1: okay yeah no that's fair so, so I think we, we I think again it comes back to this broad spectrum in in the surveys that thetoria alliance has been doing and that this has really been to help us focus on you know where should we we look at the the challenges or where is there enough common common challenge between the the community we're seeing obviously a very strong interest we're seeing a very strong adoption or, or, or a potential piloting of AI let's call it that and I think many of our organizations are at least trying AI so quite a high percentage of, of people have uh, have started a pilot and, and I think this brings up the first question uh, or, or one of the challenges with AI is how people are developing those pilots and how challenging they are to uh, you know what, what value are those pilots creating and how can we best show that value? So I think that's, a, that's an initial challenge around AI in that you can often do, you can sort of look at some of the easier things around AI with, with a clean data set and, and, and prove some fairly easy things. But as soon as you take that beyond the pilot phase, I think that's one of the challenges that the industry still faces, and I'm sure we'll we'll cover up some of that around you know moving from pilot to real production. I think that's where some of the data aspects come in as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I think the other challenges that our our sort of audience have, have commented on is obviously you know the the talent war that 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 we both have a a challenge to train. At new people, so those coming into the industry, as well as a need to potentially retrain or or extend the the knowledge of of, of us within the industry, or, or or as well, as well as needing to potentially compete with all the other uh, data focused industries that you know are out there these days, particularly in, in in you know some of the you know the very hot clusters around the globe. Where you know there there is perhaps a big disparity between wages, perhaps between science and and other technology companies. So I, I think that the, the people element is going to be key, as well as making sure that we can use the the you know all of us within the industry already that we need to educate ourselves and and, and the sort of self learning aspects that uh, continuous learning that we we'll all need to do to make us more aware of what AI can do.
0: Mm-hmm. I want to mention something here that wasn't, you know, in our list of topics we were going to talk about before, but something that I would throw out there as you're talking about that talent war uh, component. Maybe just something for people to think about. And I've, you know, been uh, working at the intersection of tech and healthcare for about two decades, and I think that in the beginning of every kind of new technology that comes out, people are thinking about uh, the talent that it's all going to rely on—people. And then it, tools get better and better and better and better to the point where tools start to make things much more accessible to a wider number of people. So, I'm just thinking back to like the early days of the internet, and and if you could, you know, if you could write HTML, oh my God, everybody wanted to hire you. And then tools came out to make things more drag and drop, and so on. Um, word processors mean you don't have to have as much uh, capability there anybody can use a word processor and so on and I am seeing a trend now towards an increasing number of tools for machine learning that make the technology much more widely accessible so we can just put a pin in that and think about it for maybe another conversation but I'm not so sure that the talent war is going to be a long-term challenge uh, it, versus getting people who are already experts in drug discovery uh, to equip them with powerful new tools that make them uh, more able to use the, the technology, like machine learning work. I don't know if you have thoughts on that now, or if we put that put a pin in it and talk about that a little bit later.
1: I, I think it's an excellent topic to 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 have as a separate thread. But I would perhaps uh, be provocative here and say that I, I agree with you, where that you know drug discovery is a is a core. Uh, uh you know is a very important knowledge to have and it's 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 something that you know is very valuable in in delivering what what our industry needs. I would say that the role of AI at least at the moment is probably around the augmentation role and and maybe the hype around ai as 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 we said is has you know where it will do everything for us in science is is probably you know not really there that and it won't be there probably for for a decade at least so the that the the skills of the scientist will remain important and that it's much more that the tools are sort of augmenting their core skills Uh, but I still think that there is an element of a talent war in the sense of you know, those, those individuals that are willing to sort of, in a way, blend together a number of core skills together still is, 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 is tricky to get Mm -hmm. in an industry which, you know, faces, you know, challenges from, uh, you know, many, many other many sides.
0: Yes, yes. And I would, I would agree with definitely, you know, in the short term, something we face as well. And, uh, and we see it with a lot of the startups that we talk to in Toronto, which is a hotbed of machine learning and you know a lot of biotech and uh, talent as well. Yeah, it's very hard to hire. Everybody wants the same people, um, and so I think that that and also reskilling is also always a challenge as well. So I want to ask you: Are there, from the partners that you work with, have you seen really good solutions to overcoming some of the barriers, or have you seen? companies that are particularly successful at applying AI uh, to drug discovery that other people can learn from?
1: I, mean, I think we've, we've all seen some good examples over the last few years. I mean, I think there's a, well, at least some, uh, we have set a classic example, I think is the Merck uh, challenge that was put out three or four years ago, I think now around safety data and I think that, you know, that was a great thing to do uh, and credit to them for doing it in terms of, in a way, seeding some of the early ideas around, you know, what makes a good, uh, you know, the, some of the early days of, of, of tox prediction. And, and I think we're continuing to see that evolving, but I, I would suggest that it still relies on, you know, the, as we'll, date, we'll cover probably later around the whole data thread is, is everywhere when we talk about AIML. You can't really escape it and I think for the examples that we've seen you know there are some others obviously looking where you know text and, and NLP type tools have had some success in, in, in better supporting the, the extraction of facts and the extraction of value from from data sets and we've seen some companies you know who have made good success from that and, and building out credible data sets which then can uh, you know be exploited in a much richer way. Uh, and I think still that perhaps for, for those that are focused on, you know, using AI to support some of the earlier aspects of drug discovery, I, I think that we're still, you know, I still think that it's it's very early days. And yes, you know, people are publishing some good case studies, but to be fair to them, those case studies are perhaps fairly well confined within a certain you know, area of, of data and a certain area of, of sort of science. And I think the next challenge that we face is building on those, you know, as with any new tech coming together with science, it, it's for us to try and build on that to make them more expansive and more applicable to the, the broader challenges and the broader target areas and et cetera and the broader uh, data types. That we that we need to to use to, to to solve some of the you know the drug discovery challenges that we have at the moment
0: mm-hmm. i do wonder how much specialization there will always need to be because someone who's looking at you know all this oncology and an immuno-oncology and like you get down you keep drilling that down and you're probably going to need very specific data sets and very specific architectures and systems uh, but, uh, absolutely yeah,
1: yeah. And, I, and i think we've seen that even not just within ai but we as a, and as an alliance Pistoia has run uh, challenges and has run its own uh, sort of innovative president's challenge which is a chance for startups to, to to get seed funding and mentoring and and one of the early examples of that was was sort of using you know phones to predict uh from, from around malaria uh, data, you know, and I think That sort of training set you can probably have some good success there uh, because it's a fairly tight problem and it means that uh, You know, you can have you can build out your training sets Hopefully by by giving the sort of app to a broad cross-section of, of, of people and I think that's the key where we, as you say, there's the broad and the narrow problems and we're doing well with some of the narrow focus problems. But as with any technology, uh, we've got to be sceptical. And, and this comes back to having a good science training, that the science training is key in having that degree of a sufficient scepticism to be critical about, you know, are these results really right and to have that sort of, you know, science scepticism whenever we're looking at new data, and and having and making sure that the, you know, what we're seeing really is true, as we would with any statistical or or, or computational, uh, you know, publication.
0: Uh-huh. Human in the loop. You need to keep the human in the loop. Uh, I'm looking here, and believe it or not, we're bumping up against our time. I know you kept mentioning you you had something you wanted to discuss about uh, data. So I, I want to get to that before we tell people where they can learn more about you and Pistoia. Um, was there something specific you wanted to talk about, about the importance of, of, of data? And, and data science?
1: Well, I think, as I think you mentioned earlier, you know, data really is going to be at the heart of perhaps how, how expansive and useful uh, AI and ML is. And we see examples, and it comes back to perhaps some of the projects we want to do in the future, that we think that as an industry we need to do a better job of bringing that data together and making it accessible both for building out the initial benchmark sets as, as well as the broader learning going forward and, and the broader sharing. So I think one of our you know some of our future projects will focus on either datathons where we're looking to improve and make available data as well as looking at how perhaps privacy-preserving machine learning can be applied as a community too. And we're, we're talking to a number of other initiatives that are looking at that as well, because being able to preserve privacy maybe takes away some of the concerns about IP leakage when, when models are built. So we really, I think, want to have data at the heart of what we're doing next, both in terms of educating people and, and informing them about what they can how they can improve their data hence the educate as well as picking out maybe the, the some of the imaging areas where we can hopefully build out uh, uh, projects that help us with with qc of data as well as building out uh, you know data sets that can be shared and 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 made useful for uh, for model building
0: i think that's a huge area of opportunity particularly in healthcare when you have even different hospitals that have systems that can't talk to each other and you want to find a way to collect massive data sets while protecting people's privacy across all these disparate systems uh, i think that's a, a, a massive area of opportunity uh, so where can listeners learn more about you and the pastoia alliance and your ai initiatives and maybe get involved with them
1: so i mean a couple of things hopefully the, the org is where to find us on on the web we have a number of events coming up which people are welcome to, uh, to, to engage in. We, we have these webinars that I've mentioned that we're running uh, monthly and they're starting again post-summer. So we have something in September moving forward every month. We also are running an, an AI workshop in Boston, uh, which is available on Eventbrite, uh, where we will be bringing together a number of speakers with an emphasis on the community engagement. So really wanting to get people uh, coming from, you know, different experiences, different uh, adoption uh, times as well, early adopters, later adopters, etc., cetera, to start sharing their knowledge as well as thinking about you know, which challenges should we work on in the future. So we're hoping that those webinars as well as the physical events in, in the US as, as well as in Europe will, will help bring uh, our community together, enrich it and, and broaden it, and hopefully make sure that as, a, as an industry, we we can start to solve these common challenges and and hopefully, you know, then uh, this value is returned to, you know, the success of of drug discovery and and, and patient adoption uh, going forward.
0: Great. Sounds like it's going to be a busy few months for you. So thanks for taking the time to speak with me. It's always great to talk with you. I really appreciated it.
1: Thank you for the time and, and hopefully yeah, yeah we're we're looking forward to, to, to your the rest of your podcast through the year.
0: You just listened to my conversation with Nick Lynch of the Pistoia Alliance. I hope that you enjoyed it. If you want to catch future episodes, be sure to subscribe. Just look for Artificial Intelligence in Drug Discovery in your favorite podcast player. Then hit the subscribe button. Until our next episode, be well and work smart.